Hello, everybody. My name is Danielle Clardy, and I am your host for the Conversation Series podcast, the podcast where we sit down with different people from different walks of life with different backgrounds, different careers and niches, and hear what inspires them and how they got started. And we're doing it all right here. So let's start the conversation. So, so thrilled to have Abba the Bar with us today. And I'm going to let her introduce herself because I'm a huge fan of her and the world <laughs> she lives in. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. The world I live in. Oh my gosh, it's not that exciting, I promise. Um, but yeah, I, I am Abby. I'm a sports reporter. Um, I went to NC State, go Pack. Yes. I graduated in 2017 and um, I actually tried to leave Raleigh. I tell people this all the time. I tried to get out of Raleigh and go yeah. pursue sports reporting elsewhere because there's so many awesome sports markets, um, you know, all around with tons of, of professional and college sports and Little did I know how much I should have been appreciating the town that I live in, Raleigh, North Carolina, and all that it has to offer. Um, you know, I got to cover NC State, UNC, and Duke all through college, which was super exciting, but I, you know, felt like I had kind of exhausted my options there as far as I couldn't find any jobs when I graduated with any of the schools. And, um, you know, even having ACC Network coming in, it's just things, it wasn't the right time to really be, be covering them. And, uh, the local station I worked for didn't have any job openings. And, you know, I had covered the Hurricanes a little bit my senior year of college, um, just through a local news station that I worked for, Spectrum News at the time. And so I was familiar with the team, but you know how it was for a little bit there. They weren't that good. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't, you know, I didn't have really any friends that went to games and the hockey wasn't anything that I grew up with in my blood being from Charlotte. Um, we were Panthers and Hornets. And so yeah. when I saw the job opening after I graduated and I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, what's, what's my next move? Where should I go? I, you know, I, I immediately jumped on it, you know, one, because it was an in-game hosting job, which I loved my time in-game hosting for NC State Baseball and some other minor league ball teams um, throughout college. It's such a great job. And there's, it's so right. underrated when it comes to the skill set that it provides. Um, for the, you know the job that I want to do and so I looked at a lot of in-game hosting jobs and when I saw saw the Canes I was like well that's all, already a draw you know I'm still in Raleigh right now I haven't really done much with hockey but I would love to learn the sport this could be a great experience for me so I applied I auditioned and I told them that in my audition I said hey guys look like I'm familiar with the team and the brand um, just from what I covered you know my senior year of college but I never grew up following hockey. So this is new territory for me, but like, I want to learn. Right. And I think me showing that passion, that eagerness and willingness to learn, you know, they hired me and I'm so thankful for that opportunity and all that it has brought me because just from, you know, starting with the Canes, it has kind of snowballed into, um, I guess a lot of people say snowballed in a bad way, but <laughs> snowballed into a lot of great opportunities right. um, for me, as far as, you know, staying in Raleigh, covering more for NC State, um, you know, getting to do ACC football. And, you know, now with COVID and, and travel restrictions, I'm lucky that I am, I have three schools in my backyard, um, yeah. NC State, UNC and Duke for football season. So hopefully I can get put on some of those games. So it's been a crazy past few years and um, I expected it, uh, but it's been, it's truly a rewarding um, job being the, the in-game host for the Hurricanes. And I guess I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm still considered the in-game host for the Hurricanes, even though I got to cover the playoffs yes. on Fox Sports Carolinas, which is so exciting. Um, so not sure what the future holds as far as, you know, 
you know, that goes, but the yeah. organization is near and dear to my heart. I've expressed to them how much, you know, I want to stick with them, you know, whether that's as the in-game host or if I do continue to do more for Fox Sports Carolinas. But regardless, I am living the dream, I guess you would say. I'm getting to do football and hockey yeah. and, um, you know, staying somewhere, you know, in Raleigh with having friends that went to NC State. They're all kind of some of them are still around and Raleigh is, I totally take it for granted. It's such a great city. I mean, people like it, there's so much to love about this place. And I, I didn't, it's when you go to NC state, you kind of are just like locked into like NC state Raleigh. You don't really get to explore like Raleigh, Raleigh. And yep. so I've gotten to explore like Raleigh, Raleigh. I'm like, yep. oh, there's more to this world than like the wolf pack and just the brickyard. Right. Like, so, um, it's been, it's been great, but I'm excited to, to be doing what I'm doing. And a huge congratulations on getting to do stuff for Fox Sports Carolina during Thank you. like, <laughs> I was so thrilled. You know, I, I've watched hurricanes, like, since I can remember. I mean, my youngest mm -hmm. met my, was growing up at the Carolina Hurricanes and watching hockey. So it's been, like you said, we've had some rough years <laughs> so getting back into this. It's so cool. More power to you guys, like sticking with it. <laughs> I was at the 0506 game, like that. Oh my God. I got to see it. And, but it's like, you know, you have all the fans who like come in and are like, oh, we're fans now that we're winning. I'm like, yeah. no, you were not. Nope, get out of here. Yeah, I'm one of those good. fans. I'm the one that came in and jumped on the bandwagon when we started. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I envy those people that got to be at that game and witnessed the playoff run. And for me, it's tough because like, you know, working with Trip and Mike, they, you know, they were, they're able to pull stories from that experience. And I'm, I'm like, ah, like I lack that. I wish I would have, you know, been engulfed in this organization, but you know, I've, I've experienced some really cool stuff the last couple of years. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. And the, the, I, I can't say enough about the team that we do have and the team that continues to progress. I mean, our co I mean, Rod Brennamore can't say enough. Oh my gosh. Like when he was brought in as head coach, it was so cool to be able to be like, yeah, that is fantastic. And I know that everybody in Raleigh was so thrilled to have him as part of this organization. And he's totally not disappointed either. And it's, no. it's really cool. Like, I think that's my favorite part about him. And that's why I have no doubt, like, you know, we're going to win a Stanley cup while he's head coach, because he's not doing it for, he's doing it for all the right reasons. He's not yes. doing it for the, he's, he loves the game of hockey. He loves, loves, loves the, loves the game of hockey. And he's, he's such an ambassador for the game Absolutely. itself, but he loves the Canes too and the organization. And it's so cool to watch. Like there was um, one of the videos we used in one of the broadcasts for the playoffs was his birthday, um, yes. his birthday video. And if you watch that on, yeah. So if you watch the full thing on Twitter, I wish we would have gotten to run the whole thing on the, on the broadcast, but on Twitter, he like gets the cake and then he stands up and he starts doing a speech about like how much it means to be a Carolina hurricane. And it's like, where is this coming from? Yeah, you know, it's, it's was... just, yeah, it's little things like that, that he does and tries to remind the guys in the community how much yeah. he cares about the Carolina hurricanes. Yes. Like you're not, you don't find that with a lot of coaches no. and if somebody, some guy tweeted uh, one of the, I can't remember specifically who it was. I want to say maybe it was like Pierre, one of the big coffee gurus on Twitter um, said, tweeted something about like Rod, Rod and his contract or, yeah. you know, where would Rod go? Is it, no, Rod, Rod will not coach anywhere else in this league yeah. besides 
for the hurricane. And that makes it so special too, because it's not about money or politics for him. It's about like what he cares about and it's the team and community. And that's just like the best person you can have as a leader. He loves the city. And I, I like, I saw that video and it warmed my heart because he completely turned it around from it wasn't about his birthday. It was about people in Raleigh and how much they cared and everything. And I was like, it's, you can't even put into words what this city probably means. (laughs) And it's so, it's so great to hear from, you know, people like you have grown up with the game and even with this kid, there's so many people that I'm sure have grown up with as kids, which just makes it even more special, you know, like they're just a part of, they're just a part of the community. And so I love, I love hearing those stories about, I, Max, my co-host, um, he actually, so it's funny, he got the job um, for the, like the in-game host, co-host job or whatever. And I, you know, one of the first couple of games we're working, I'm like, so tell me your background. Like what, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you, and he's like, well, I'm in radio, but honestly, like this gig, like I've always been a diehard Carolina Hurricanes fan. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this, you know, like why? why like how great would it be to get paid to watch my favorite team you know up close and personal and so he always had some really awesome stories about him going to the the Stanley Cup final games and you know him watching the games as a kid and to see the perspective and hear the perspective of the fans that truly have been so engulfed with this team for as long as they've been here through the ups and downs it's just a great reminder of how special you know the community and the organization here is. And I'm like, I've only been covering the team, I guess, for three seasons. And really, like last season, I'll never forget this. It was when we swept the Islanders, like game four at PNC. I had actual tears coming out of my eyes. And I was like, what am I yes. like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm this like, you know, like emotionally invested in a team. Like, I've never yeah. been that way with a team, especially as a reporter, because like, you know, you can't, there's all the bias and, you know, yeah. you have to you be careful about, you know, how much you get stuck on one team and you jump right. around a lot. And, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers were never, you know, that great. And the right. Hornets were the Bobcats and then the Hornets. And so like, I never really had a team until I got to NC State and it was like all NC State basketball, football. And so the Hurricanes, like, I just like start crying. Like after we swept the Islanders, I was like, what is, what is happening? I can't imagine these people that have been waiting 10 years for this. Like I've, I've only been yeah. here a year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We were at the game six of the Washington Hurricanes game. Oh my God. I, and then the, when we were in game seven, I was, I literally, my neighbors down below me in my apartment, I made angry because I kept like jumping up and down. <laughs> and I just remember getting on the phone afterwards with my sister, because her and I grew up in this crazy yeah. hockey world. And I was like, her and I were like crying. We're like, we just beat the Capitals in game seven. And it was like insanity. And then we got on the so phone awesome. with dad and he's like, we're going to game three of the Islanders. And I was like, oh. yeah. I was like, yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it's, I have the same emotions. Like I've been watching for so many, like I just, I, I'll burst on into tears just so yeah. just when those. Yeah, games. but like you deserve to. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even, like, what am I only like in season two and I'm crying tears of joy. But anyway, it's this team. It's this it's team. So I have to tell you, I, I just, I don't know it what is. it is about them, but they just care so much. So I think yeah. that makes it better. I think it really does. For sure. It's awesome. How did you um, fall in love with the world of sports? 
Um, you know, a lot of people always ask me that. So growing up, I was always, I was very active. It was like, you know, what could I do every single season and what could I try new? So, you know, I did everything from, um, I did softball, actually volleyball. I only did for like, my sister was like the big volleyball player. Um, but I tried it. Um, you know, if it was, if there was a ball or, you know, some sort of, you know, running active part of like, I was going to try it. And if I was bad at it or I hated it, I wouldn't do it after another season. And so, um, when I got to high school, soccer was my main sport. I was, okay. I loved soccer. I played it. I was, uh, I guess I was okay at it. <laughs> Tell people I was good at it. Um, and uh, so in high school, I did cross country in the fall, um, basketball in the winter, and then soccer was in the spring. And then during the summer, I was a swimmer um, for a summer team. And then I also rode horses year round in between all that. So I did like a little bit of everything. I was always like the antsy person that needed to get out. Um, and so I, I lived and breathed, like just, just being active and always having something to do. And so, you know, as I started to explore, like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I started to come to the reality of like, okay, well, I'm not going to be busy with sports. It's going to be like real world stuff. Like I don't, you know, know if sitting at a desk all day is for me because I'm the type of person that has to be out and about. And <laughs> I think I took like a, it was a class, I think like my freshman or sophomore year of high school. And it was like a career class. And basically our teacher said, decide what you want to, or look up a career and then make a brochure on it or um, something. And I, I like stumbled upon um, broadcasting. Okay. And I thought, you know, this would be, this is cool. Like, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at <laughs> science. I'm not really even a good, that good of a writer, which I'm sure I'll have to take, you know, I took writing classes in journalism right. classes, but I'm like, what, I'm not good at anything that's right. like school, like book wise. Yeah. Um, and so I looked into broadcasting and, you know, I thought it would be cool. I went to a homecoming game with my papa who was a huge um he's a huge Tennessee volunteer fan he went Very to the school cool. his dad was a dean there um so we went to all of the Tennessee homecoming games and I loved that atmosphere and that that college football atmosphere um and you know around the time where I was taking this class and trying to figure out what I wanted to do I he I told him about broadcasting and so he, he was like let me walk you into the since it was homecoming a lot of the buildings were open he's like let's walk into the broadcasting building right. So he took me in there. I was looking around. They had studios and I, I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is awesome. And like, why not sports broadcasting? Like, I, I want to do that. Like, if I can do this for my life, why would I not? Like, yeah. what a cool opportunity. And Absolutely. so I knew I wanted to do that going into college. Um, and NC State obviously did not have a, like a journalism school. Right. It's communication and then media. And then you can right. minor you minor in journalism, which is weird, but you can't major in journalism, which I'm still not confused about, but that's another story. Um, and so as soon as I started at NC State, I was like, okay, how can I get that hands-on experience? Because I was, as I was doing my research about the, you know, broadcasting and other women that are in the um, industry, it was a lot of like, they were doing stuff. They were part of school stations and it wasn't so much the courses in the classes. And so I emailed the athletic department, like as soon as I stepped out on foot at campus and I was like, Hey, I want to get involved. And, you know, thankfully they, they, you know, allowed me to get, to get involved with the basketball team, which then led into working with the baseball team. And so I knew before I even went to school that, the, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I and it obviously having the internships and the opportunities was a great reminder right. um, 
throughout my time that this is okay I can be good at this I I like this even more you know because you get to college and a lot of times you have an idea of what you want to do with your life but um you don't you always change your you know you change your mind a million times and you know I have friends that still are trying to figure out what they want to do which is fine (laughs) but it's just you know I I knew that's what I wanted to do and I I realized quickly that through those hands-on experience that I wanted to keep doing it and then I started getting into the storytelling aspect of it and you know, humanizing athletes and players and coaches. And there's just, there's so much more to it than just the active part and playing the sports and the entertainment. And so all of that, I just continued to learn throughout my time at NC State and then just, you know, continue, I I just continue to fall in love with it every day. And then hockey was just a whole new world. You know, I had done football and basketball and baseball, but I hadn't done hockey. And then, you know, the last three years I've done hockey and it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful sport. And so, there's just so much to love about it. And especially during a time like now where, you know, we lost sports for a little bit and then now we're getting it back and people need things to, to think about, you know, and, and things to make them happy and bring them joy um, with everything happening in the world. And so to be a part of that and be like a voice for these teams and these, you know, players and coaches and bring people that joy is just, it's, it makes me value this industry and this job so much more than I did um, you know, a year ago, and I learned something new every single, you know, week, every single day. And it's just, it's so exciting. Absolutely. I, it's, it, I love how ever changing those sports I know. is. I mean, you learn something new every day. You brought up your, the craziness of your schedule and your time. Can you walk me through like what a day is like for Abby LaBar when you are <laughs> for Carolina Hurricanes or when you're reporting just in general for a game? Um, yeah, so well, so a lot of people don't know I actually have a full-time job on top of all the sports stuff. Um, and so I work for a technology company, OPEX Technologies, that I call my day job. Um, so normally during a, um, I'll give you like the, the normalcy of like what's in-game hosting, football season and juggling, um, the technology job is kind of like during during a week because that's usually when my schedule is the craziest this whole time has been a little different and weird but um so last fall um you know I'm I'm working for my for my company I'm going into the office nine to five um so say we have a let's say we have a Tuesday night games game and um a Saturday football game so go into the office Monday for my technology job um they give me full free flexibility on Kane's game days, which is really nice. So Tuesday Kane's game is a long day. I am in there um, before morning skates and morning skates, usually around 1030. I get in there around uh, probably 10 ish, like right before just to kind of pop in, um, check with my producers and editors. Hey, any, anything you guys heard of over the last 24 hours? Cause a lot of times the day before, um, you know, I'm kind of trying to get what I need to done for my technology company so I can put that aside and not have to right. focus on it during game day. So sometimes I'm off social media um, during the day, you know, uh, whereas a lot of other reporters, their full-time job is, is also being on social media. So right. sometimes I'm playing catch up in the morning. Um, so, you know, make sure there's nothing going on, go to morning skate, morning skate, 1030 to 
like 1130-ish, and then we have the locker room access where we can go in, talk to the guys. This is a non-COVID world um, where we would go in, talk to the guys. If I had any stories in mind or anybody specific, I would go, you know, get that that video and that sound and those interviews with those guys. If not, I'm just kind of listening to what they're saying. Um, the best stuff that I use to support, and especially as a host, to support my role is quotes from um, you know, the guys in quotes from Rod, because those are, that's like factual stuff that's being said. It's not me having an opinion or, right. or making a hot take. It's, Hey, I heard, this is what they said. And it's always great stuff. Um, and people love to hear that. So, you know, talking to the guys, then we have Rod does his press conference and I'm usually wrapped up with players, coach and skate around noonish. Okay. Um, and then I sit down in front of a computer and I put together my whole script. So from like noon to like three-ish, I'm, you know, typing out my script. I'm working with my producers, my editors. This okay. is all at the arena, up in the control room. Um, I'm giving them what video they need. They're giving me, you know, anything, whatever. And it's just kind of a, a really, it goes by so fast. Like the whole, the crunch time of putting together a script yep. is so, is so, you know, it's a three, four hour ordeal, but it literally feels like, um, you know, 30 minutes sometimes. And so... I do that. And then my script, I usually ha like to have done by three o'clock. Three o'clock is like, okay, because I have to go home. And um, I usually, you know, get, get ready for the game. I eat. That's when I eat like a big, big meal because I'm not usually eating a ton before then. Right. And I'm not usually eating a lot when I get <laughs> home. So like I, um, I eat like a giant meal at like 3.30, like four o'clock. And yep. then um, we have to be back at the arena. Our call time is always two hours before puck drop. So 7 p.m. puck drop, we're back at five. Okay. So I have between like usually three and like 4.30 to kind of get completely ready for the game. I'm, you know, doing my makeup and I'm running through my script in my head. I'm like talking to myself in the mirror. <laughs> um, and then I get back to the arena at five. We do our production meeting where, you know, my, we do like the whole in-game production meeting. So like everything from like, um, you know, the videos we play during timeout to like my show, it's like from, you know, the before puck drop to the very end, what's happening on the Jumbotron, what's happening on the ice as far as like the games go. Um, so that's always really cool. So that probably gets done, let's see, five, six-ish. And then uh, it doesn't really go all the way to six. I would say five, five forty-five ish And then the rest of the time, like five forty-five to six thirty-ish, um, six forty-five, I guess another hour or so is when I'm just, you know, taking my stuff down to section 130, getting ready for the game, practicing my pregame script again. And then, yeah, show starts and we go all the way till the end. And, you know, I don't really, I don't do anything post game unless we have a back to back. I usually try to get ahead for the next day. Um, but yeah, so I'm in the arena for the most part, like 12 hours. If you think about like a seven o'clock game ends around like 10, like nine ish, 10 o'clock um maybe like 10 if you take out like the whole lunch break thing so that's that and then the next day I am back in the office um if that's a Tuesday night game I'm back in the office Wednesday and Thursday and I'm juggling like working for OPEX and football prep if I have a football game on that Saturday because Fridays are travel days for football so I'm only in the office you know what Wednesday Thursday I'm doing throughout the game week of football it's really cool we just get to do all sorts of phone interviews um with players and coaches and that's really where we get the bulk of our prep for our, our stories and our stuff um so it's a lot of you know office work and then hopping on the phone with these guys and you know reading my notes and prepping for the football game and then you know Fridays we travel and um 
you know, have the meeting. We have uh, for Saturday football games, you always have Friday meetings with the coaches, especially for the home team. So we do those meetings on Friday and then Saturday's a football game. And honestly, football games are pretty easy as far as like day of um, my game games are so long for the game days because I do my scripts the day of the game versus like football. I'm usually prepped before I go in there. And so like that's like wake up and then I just have to get there two hours before the game right. um, for the most part. Sometimes I'm printing extra notes and, and whatever. So, um, and then, yeah, football is, you know, pretty much very similar where we do the production meetings and all that. And then you're there for the game. So it's crazy. Um, <laughs> like that was probably the craziest time of my life where I had, you know, all three of those going on. Um, obviously this year has been a little different with, you know, right. COVID and everything, but the being on the show on the Fox show for um, hockey is pretty similar from a preparation standpoint, as far as I do write my own scripts. Okay. Um, they will send out like, hey, here's the order and here are the topics we're going to be discussing. Um, but I, you know, I put together the questions. I do research on Twitter and, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, Rod's 50th birthday was the other day. Let's use this. And so I do a lot of preparation for for the games, which is great because you want to know what you're talking about, too. You know, like, I don't know how I don't know how people just like take information and just recite yeah. it like I'm I am very happy writing my own scripts and I yeah. always will be because I want to know what I'm talking about I've got notes on things everywhere anytime I yeah. do something I have like notes and questions written down and things yeah. ready to go I am I'm the same exact way I cannot just like pull something straight from my head I know yeah make it sound like I know what I'm saying if that makes any yeah. sense like it's just for sure no you have to and a lot of times too in my role as a as a host like it's a lot of ad-libbing and like just going with you can't really rely on a script so you know I say I write a script which I do I really like I write what the way I do it is I say in a perfect world this is what I would love to say for every single part of the show never comes out that way but it's a good exercise to kind of get the get the wheels turning in your brain you know like using different words not sounding redundant um and so I am still at the level in my career where I do write out a full script but you know, obviously people that are, are veterans in this industry, they can just bullet point a couple words and do a full show and know what they're talking about. So Absolutely. hopefully one day, but that'll come with the continuous yeah. research and script writing. And like yeah. you said, just preparing for your own shows. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my biggest question from you, we've seen, we've talked about the ever-changing world of sports. And with that, we've seen, you know, women starting having actual voices in the world of sports what has it been like for you being a reporter in the sports world as a woman you know it's it's funny because I I talked about this recently um and to be completely honest I uh, you know I've been in this career I guess if you technically count college for yeah. you know six or seven years but you know just in by myself in this you know, industry right. as a woman for, for three years. And I've been very lucky to to be surrounded by men and women in this industry that are very uplifting. And like I said, maybe it's a rally thing because this community <laughs> is so great. Yes. Um, and the people here are just great. And we're in the South, you know, but I have not personally felt like I was discriminated against because right. I am a woman um, right. in this industry. The biggest challenge that I have 
is feeling insecure about myself because I am a woman, right? Like, you, you know, I'm working with guys like Shane, Mike, and Tripp who know, know hockey like the back of their hand. Yeah. And I come in and I'm still trying to learn. And so what I've kind of taught myself over the last few years is to kind of get over that insecurity um, you know, a obviously following other women in this industry and seeing, you know, how much work they put into getting to where they are and, you know, how valued and respected they are telling myself, like, you know, you'll get there, like in, and be right. confident, you know, being confident in myself and the stuff that I know, because I know way more than a lot of other people do, you know, even though sometimes I'm going to feel insecure about it. Like, no, like I know just as much as the guy the guy next to me, because I know I'm putting in the work, um, you know, it's, 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 you're surrounded by men who have played the sports before they've been veterans in it. Um, you know, they, they maybe have been in the industry longer. And I think that's the toughest part. It's just, you know, coming in as a young woman and being surrounded by that. It's trying to feel confident in yourself and what you can bring to the table. And especially as like a host, a lot of times our job, you know, you're told like, your job is to tee up your analysts, like let the analysts do, do the numbers and the talking and the stats. And, you know, that's, I, I get that. And that's totally yeah. like, I agree with it. But at the same time, what if I want to bring, you know, that value to the Absolutely. table? What if I, I've been doing my research, like I know the numbers just as well as the guy next to me, if I've done my research on it, you know, and so there's that balance too, of what is our role, right, as women. And there is a little bit of a, um stereotype of what a woman's role is in this industry but then we're seeing women like be play-by-play you know women and analysts and that's what's really cool about it and that's just is just reminding us that hey we have to be confident in ourselves and that we can do that because there are these pioneers that are paving the way for us um and so it's just it's, it's kind of more of an internal battle for me specifically than it is like having to deal with feeling you know, discriminated against. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, when all these women that I have that are colleagues and mentors have absolutely dealt with those things. And so to hear from them, their stories and, you know, how they kind of deal with it and, you know, seeing, seeing women pave the way for us is really refreshing and it's a good learning experience. And so I'm sure one day it'll be something that I'm going to have to deal with. And so, um, you know, I can only continue to do my research and my prep and work as hard as I can um, to show that I, you know, am intelligent and I am confident and I, you know, am, am doing my job to the best of my right. abilities. And that's all that I can do, right? Be myself and do the job to the best of my ability. And if somebody doesn't like that or they're not happy with it, then that's not, that's not my problem. I'm, I'm working as hard as I can, you know, like yeah. I'm doing my best here and I'm going to feel good about that. So yeah. it's, um, it's, it's great to see how many women are just rising to the occasion, especially during COVID, like this time, you know, COVID and everything that's happening in our world with trying to combat racism and yes. Black Lives Matter, like women have a unique voice in all of this because in the past, our role has always been to be storytellers. Okay. And so now so many more women are rising to the occasion because as women, we're, we have more emotions, I think, than men sometimes, yes. you know, like we can we're a little more emotional, but we can utilize that to our advantage. So right as women in this industry, how can we take advantage of our um, strengths, you know, and not let people bring us down about our weaknesses. And right now, I think more women are rising to the occasion than, yes. um, you know, we, ha we have in the past. So take advantage of those opportunities and those strengths. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's so fantastic to see so many women speaking out, even if it is over social media, um, on Twitter, just with so, like so much support from other women and women supporting other women in the sports industry. And I think it's such a fantastic thing to see women finally saying, you know what, we can be in sports too, and we can do okay. it just as well as you can. Um, and, and you having these old time fashioned opinions doesn't bother yeah. us anymore because exactly we are here and we can do it just like you you brought up the sideline podcast can you tell can you share <laughs> what it is and who your hosts are yeah so we it's, it's been on pause for a little bit which <laughs> is a good thing um just because we've all been you know getting some work which is awesome right um but you know carlin like i said carlin was it has been so great to me she actually was going to be our first guest on the show which is funny so this was John and I well more so John's idea he's the idea guy um we had been John Root um he is he was the in arena host for the San Jose Sharks we have built a really great relationship on the foundation of we were actually auditioning for the Boston Celtics in-game host job before I worked for the Hurricanes um, we auditioned for that together. I didn't know him at the time, but we met at the audition. Very cool. Um, we were we were paired up, and so we were like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome. We'll be like co-hosts and yeah, together in Boston." And then you know we're texting each other like every day after the audition. He's like, "Hear anything?" I'm like, "No, you hear anything?" And then obviously we didn't get it. Um, but we built this awesome friendship off of that, and we stay. You know, we said, "Let's stay in touch. Let's continue to empower each other." And um, he's another guy that's just so so you know, like I can pick up the phone and call him at any time. And so we had kind of tossed around the idea of doing a podcast um, for a little while. He's a bit like, he's so good at coming up with ideas and content and his mind's just always going. And so, you know, we, we talked a couple of times about it and it was always like, it's never the right time. It's never the right time. And then, you know, sports went on pause and we're like, Oh, we got all the time in the world. So uh, let's maybe let's think about starting this podcast again. Right. And so we did. And, John is the one that actually introduced me to Carlin because he's out on the West Coast. Um, and we were like, well, let's just start with Carlin as our co-host or not our co-host as our first guest. Right. And so we texted her about it in like a group message, like, hey, here's what we're thinking of doing. We're going to call it sidelines. We're going to interview other reporters um, to kind of help build our own network. And, you know, teach others that are, were in our position, you know, two, three, five years ago, wanting to get into the industry, um, because advice and real world experience is the best thing that you can get from these people, um, you know, in the industry. And so I don't even know what, where, where it took a turn in the group message. I think like we started asking her questions about like, so what do you think? Cause she's really good at like the technical side of things as well. Um, and I think it, we started talking about like microphones or something. And, and then we were like, John texted me on the side. He's like, Hey, like, what if we asked her to post with us? And I was like, I don't think she'd say no. <laughs> so like we bombarded her in the group message, like, Hey, Carlin, you want to be a co-host on this podcast with us? And she was like all about it. So um, yeah, me, John and Carlin did it starting in April, I guess, May, March, everything paused in March. We, we got it off the ground in April. Okay. We did 10 episodes. Exactly. Okay. We didn't plan for it to, to like pause on that. Right. Um, but we had some awesome guests on there. Um, actually, one in which I was just Molly McGrath, who was somebody that I idolized. Um, we, we got her on there, which was an awesome opportunity. Yep. And, and, you know, she's a good example of we wanted to invite people on the podcast that not only our listeners could learn from, but we could learn from as well. And so now I have 
you know, built a good relationship with Molly where she can be a mentor for me where I didn't know her before the podcast. And so we were able to use that as a platform to reach out to, you know, reporters and get them on and learn their stories without, you know, trying to just say, hey, can I get on the phone with you? Um, and so it was fun. It was one of those things where we just, we, we did it. We didn't expect much out of it. And I got some good traction. And, um, you know, then hockey started and Carlin got some baseball games. And so we did like a episode um, a couple of weeks ago, right before hockey, like, hey, guys, like, don't worry, like, we're gonna, we're gonna be back in some yep. way, shape or form. Um, but right now, we, we do have some sports that are happening. So I think once everything kind of calms back down a little bit, we'll start, you know, getting back on there. And we got to get creative with how to utilize it now. But I think we've built a pretty cool platform for for others to, you know, come and, and learn and listen. So awesome. It, it's, it's, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, I love the idea of a podcast. I'm like, and I want to do one so badly. I'm like, yeah, I just don't know exactly what I want to do or kind of my outline. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like doing all the research. I'm like, okay, someday yeah. I'm going to pull the trigger on it and I'm actually going to do it. Well, and that's the thing, like, and John and I had talked about, and it's so funny because like we had talked about it for so long and I, and I think we both felt like it was going to be way more of a hassle than it actually was. Like it was literally just a matter of us just like pulling the trigger on it and just doing it. Like after we did our first episode, we were like, that was, e it, that was easy. And so it's so much, and no wonder everyone has podcasts these days. Cause right. it really, they, you know, it's great. And you can really, and that's the beauty of it. You can talk about whatever you want and you, really? and the way you do it is you start it. And this is, like I said, that's why I love, you know ours we started it with a purpose of just giving us something to do um you know we want we've all we'd all been locked up in our houses right. for for weeks and so we wanted to communicate with other human beings and we started with just us three talking and bring on other people and so it's just something that we did so casually and we we didn't plan it to be something like oh we need to get all these views and listen listen we need people all these people to listen to and like whatever and we need to promote it like no it's really once you start it it's not that tough so um you just have to think so of something that like yeah like just think of something that you you would enjoy like you're passionate about or you would enjoy yeah. talking about and that's all you need um the last question I have for you what is the biggest piece of advice you would give someone who wants to get into broadcasting or reporting in these days um I think just be yourself which is so cliche but that's, you know, one thing that I've learned and I've, I've continued to lean on, like I said, as I've kind of dealt with the insecurities of, you know, maybe not knowing um, a sport or a topic as well as, you know, the person next to me, but I have a lot of strengths that, you know, maybe the person next to me doesn't have. And so leaning on your strengths and not getting down on yourself when your weaknesses are exposed or you know, you may not be happy with something and the strengths are simply just being yourself. Like they really are like, you know, what you naturally have is, is those are, those are your strengths. And so, you know, personality and attitude and, you know, the way the opinions we have and the way we think, think about the world and the perspective we have, I think perspective is huge. I love that word so much. Like just the perspective that I can bring um, from, you know, who I am as a person and what I've lived through and being myself is like the most valuable thing and people are going to, people are going to love it. People are going to hate it, yeah. but you know, you just, you keep going and you believe in yourself and you don't lose sight of that because once you start conforming to, you know, other, what other people think of you or yeah. what you think you should, who you think you should be, then what's even the point of, you know, doing it? Like you're not going to be happy either. And so 
So just being yourself, I think somebody said it actually on our sidelines podcast and I, I gosh, I can't remember who it was, um, but they said it so perfectly. Um, we were talking about auditions. What like the best thing you can do, like there's no really, there's no really good way to prepare for an audition besides, you know, doing what you need to from a, understanding the organization, the team, like you normally would right. for, for an interview or an, or an audition. But at a certain point, you have to just trust yourself and be yourself. Because if you go into an audition and you try to be somebody that you're not, and they end up hiring you for two, three, four years, yeah. you're going to have to pretend to be that person or be that person that you're not in that job. So yeah. why would you not just be yourself and be yeah. the best version of yourself in the audit when they're first getting a taste of it, you know? And so that's, that's, I think one of the best pieces of advice. And um, I've always said, be yourself, but when, whoever it was brought that up like I was like you're so like you're totally right like what you know like it's just it's a no-brainer and so that's the biggest thing yeah and I love that word perspective too because I love to hear other people's opinions whether or not I agree with them or not but I think it's so important to hear other people's thoughts and to because it makes you realize or you may not have thought of it that way or something in that yes way. So exactly. I absolutely love that word perspective as well. And I think that it's fantastic advice because who does want to pretend to be something for two, three, four years? Oh my gosh. No, you would be miserable even for just like a week, you know, I, I it's just, even that's not who you were born to be. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Abby, I appreciate you so much for coming on here and I absolutely love yeah, talking to you. Um, everybody, Abby's socials will be linked down below. So will the sideline podcast. So you guys can go listen um, and I can't wait to hear more episodes when you guys record more. I'm very excited about yeah! Um, But thank you guys so much for stopping by and watching and listening. And I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode of the Conversation Series podcast. We love having conversations here. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, please rate and review. It makes a huge difference. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at DLClarity on Instagram and catch more behind the scenes of how we do these episodes of the Conversation Series. As always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all.